Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truth. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with Dan's back. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> well, how am I? I I'm going to date myself here. Don't even know if you know who this is, but Mr. Rogers. Oh, you know, of course I knew who Mr. Hello, hello the in the neighborhood, right? Now, if you remember at the beginning of every show, and I believe at the end, he would change his shoes and his jacket, yes. right? He'd change his clothes. I just moved into my office, which is about 100 yards from my house, and it's snow on the ground. So I had to come out the last two days in my snow boots and a big puppy <laughs> coat. And I walk into my office and I sit down and I change my shoes and I change my hat, I change my jacket. And I thought, shoot, I'm going to start singing. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So that's how I'm feeling, Jenny. Gosh, first of all, the fact that you have to walk 100 yards to your office, I mean, that means you have property. So that's cool. But, uh, I think it was uh, 45 degrees this morning when I was walking my dogs, Dan, and I was wearing like full-on Sherpa jacket, mittens. I had the little earmuff things on. I was freezing to death. And it was snow. It was 20 degrees here and 40 in my office. How do people survive like that? (laughs) (laughs) Us indoor people, we could never make it. I know. But that means we're getting to the end of the year here. We're getting to that cold time of year. But guys, that means... That we're almost to the time of year that's a big time of year for most fitness professionals, right? That January 1, that gym rush. It, yes, it extends throughout the year, of course, but this is a big time for a lot of people. Um, I mean, we have a lull in the gyms around November, December, right? The holidays, everybody makes those quote, quote, excuses why they can't come in. You know, they get busy. I get it. But then January comes and everybody's back in it. So we have been talking a lot, whether it's on ISSA Talks on our YouTube channel, here on the podcast, Dan, we've been talking a lot about building your business right? What that means. Cause we all get really good at the fitness side, like counting reps, putting together workout plans, you know, all that good stuff. We all look cute in our little outfits and stuff, but the business part is what a lot of us as fitness professionals aren't good at. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And by the way, I don't look cute in my outfits, but a hundred percent agree. In fact, I, I, I would submit that's probably why, you know, so many folks with so much passion don't make it. Because they Absolutely. don't understand. Well, I'll look cute enough for both of us, Dan. Okay. I know you will. I know cute. you will. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely agree. A lot of people out there have so much passion and want to help people and love fitness. They just can't make it as fitness professionals. So I'm super excited to have our guest with us today. Um, he's going to talk to us a little bit about social media marketing because um, marketing means a lot of different things and self promotion is a big part of marketing ourselves in the fitness industry. And it's not just the shameless self-promotion, right? But our guest, Mr. Scott Rockliffe, welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. It's funny that you, just kind of what you guys have said, because that's, so I was trainer nerd, um, like a little my backstory, total trainer nerd. My assessments would take a long, long time. I would, you know, I would have goniometers out and measure, you know, someone's oh, that is you know, lumbar lumbar flexion, like, and then lumbar extension, all that sort of stuff. And then now I actually have run a marketing company for, for fitness professionals for that sole reason, because I was like, man, like there's so many good people like that just 
just can't get in front of enough people. So that's literally, I had a one, I had a conversation with one of my close friends and basically that's like, you know, it bothered me forever. And then he kind of said something and I was like, yeah, you know what? Like that's, yeah, I'm all in on this now. I'm actually, cause people bug me for a couple of years. Like you should do this. I was like, nah, I'm a trainer nerd. So funny you guys said that. Cause I was literally, I'm like, yep. That's literally exactly why I do what I do. Yeah. There's a lot out there. And yeah, you're right. There's, there's that one side, that trainer nerd side, which I love. And I've, I actually do own a goniometer. Don't judge me. I am three actually. <laughs> Have I used them lately? No, <laughs> but you're known as like kind of a go-to resource for information when it comes to social media marketing, you own a company for fitness professionals and teaching them how to market. But Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got started in this, how you went from that trainer nerd to where you are now. Yeah. Um, so how I got there, um, took accident, complete accident. Um, it just kind of happened. So a little about myself. I've been in the industry for over 20 years now. It's a long time. I went kind of backwards. So like the first people I trained was when I was in university. I trained um, uh, the women's uh, hockey team, ice hockey team. I'm from Canada. Nice. So one of our one of our members, uh, our team members, she made the Canadian team uh, for the Olympics. So of course we won gold. Um, I got to say that because we're very proud of our <laughs> hockey. Yeah. So first group of people I trained were like I trained a gold Olympic gold medalist, and um, you know, a few years later I'm like training the average Joe and Jane. I was like, man, I really messed up my career, but didn't actually do that. I, I you know, I'm probably like most people that were like, I want to get into sports and train athletes and stuff like that. But then you know, got into the general public and kind of more the the over fifty population, um, and you know, love that and had a training studio. Did that in Canada, then moved to Australia, um, was there for almost 14 years. And then uh, that's when I started my, my marketing company. Um, I started speaking at conferences and, and Australia is a long way uh, to travel uh, to the U.S. Um, to, to speak. And I was like, man, I should probably figure out some of this marketing stuff on my own. And then just through speaking, I, I kind of met um, a lot of different people and they're like, hey, can you help me? I'm like, sure. And they're like, you should do this. I was like, nah. I was like, because I, ta- I wasn't talking about anything marketing or anything. It was all, it was like nerdy, nerdy fitness stuff. You know, how to be a better coach, how to, you know, train your core, you know, hip, you know, I was talking about like femoral acetabular impingement. So just showing how nerdy I was. And then, like I said, just finally, you know, I'd had enough conversation and a friend of mine who launched something and in my mind is one of the best like educators as far as pain goes um, out there. And uh, and it's kind of, his numbers didn't do him justice. And I was like, man, I was like, all right, like, yeah, like I, I basically said, I don't know if I'll, I'll keep this PG. I said, F it. Like I hung up off the podcast that we used to have. I said, F it. I was like, I'm all in on this now. Like I'm just, I'm going all in on this. And it's kind of where we're at today. It's been like uh, seven, probably eight, eight or nine years, I think, just helping, you know, different things within marketing, running an agency, doing talks, all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of how I got got here. Um, and then, you know, I moved back home to Canada a few years ago and where I said, I'd never come back to my hometown and settled here. And when dad during COVID and so lots of lots of changes, but um, that's kind of my story from trainer nerd to to marketing nerd, I guess. <laughs> I love it. So, Scott, for for the listeners out there, again, we have a broad uh, you know array of uh, folks that tune in. Some are brand new, some are even considering getting into uh, the world of personal training or coaching, and then we have you know all up to and including business owners. So we're going to be talking to all different levels out there from a general perspective. How important is it? How important is it that these folks from an owner thinking about getting in the business, that they understand how to use social media 
as a marketing tool. How important is that? In this day and age, it's, it's, I think it's pretty darn darn important. Um, if if you're um, as old as as us, uh, at least me and your dad. Just, I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, I don't know if she remembers back in the day when like there was like you couldn't just post something out there for free and a hundred people, a thousand people, ten people see that. You know, you had to go and you had to like write an article and put it into a newspaper or pay the newspaper or the magazine or do drops or stuff like that. So I think. Sometimes uh, older people that remember the the pre-social media day, we kind of forget that. Um, and people that just kind of never had to experience that, like it's we have this 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 attention engine of social media where we can actually put stuff out there and, and for for nothing to actually attract people. So I mean, it's something I, I I really feel like you have to understand the importance of it because it's that I mean that's how you can get in front of people. Or if you want, you can go and pay. Um, thousands of dollars to do other marketing stuff. Um, so it's completely up to you. But I think, you know, uh, from uh, an organic and a non-paid way, you definitely need to understand that regardless if you have a budget or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I do remember a time when, like, I remember when the internet did, wasn't a thing, right? And we had those little bit, the little printers. You remember? I had one of those when I was a kid. <laughs> but it is weird because social media kind of blew up. Well, what is it like 15 years ago now, I guess, where it really took hold and everything that everybody does is out there. And so I know a lot of people feel um, that they should have a social media, whether it's like for personal, right? That's how my friends keep up with me. I hear that all the time, right? That's, I only post, you know, pictures of my kids and my family. Cause that's the only way like bands like that, I guess my family can see it. My best friends like that. And then there's people who like, they use it for what we call shameless promotion, right? Where it's all about them, 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 and what they're doing. And some people use it for, you know, to grow their business and real estate and whatever else. But there is, uh, it's, it's just become so embedded in our fabric of what we do every day, um, almost to a fault in some cases. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff about like mental health and social media and, you know, kids growing up where that's all they know, right? I'm unfortunately not one of those people, but there are people out there who that's all they know. They don't know any, a, a world where that wasn't a thing. Um, so it's super interesting, but it can be used for good, right? So you're here to tell us how we can use these powers for good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I think part of it is, is actually approaching it like that. Like, uh, like there's, um, I, I've, I've heard this for a long time. You guys probably heard the same thing. Like people get so frustrated with, frustrated with like the, well, I guess, you know, now it could be TikTok too, but like the instant influencers and stuff like that. Um, so, and it's like, man, like, these, they don't even know anything and like all these people it's like cool so there's two ways we can look at it we can look at like man that's that sucks and these people that don't really know what they're doing and these people are listening to them or we can also look at it in the fact that like hey imagine if you could get in front of a portion of those people because you actually know what you're talking about yeah. imagine the impact you could have on them so it's kind of it's a thing where sometimes we look at and it's and everything we, we can sometimes focus on the wrong thing where it's like What's the flip side of that? And for me, a lot of times, like when I hear people talk about that, I'm like, what's the flip side, right? Like, like you know, so imagine the impact you can have, but just how do you approach it? Absolutely. Don't get mad, get even, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I finally heard the Canadian when you said a goat. <laughs> a goat. Yeah. It, 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 it was subtle, but it was there. I'm like, you got no accent here. I want to hear something. A goat? Yes. All right. <laughs> You, you scratched my itch, Scott. Uh, so with all that you mentioned, you know, Instagram and you mentioned TikTok, there's so many platforms out there now and probably some I haven't heard of yet. What would you say are the best 
platforms for our industry, for folks trying to you know, grow a, a fitness business, what would you suggest would be the best investment of time and money? It's going to come, it's going to come down to who your target market is and kind of how you're approaching it. But it would be really you're looking at like Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Those are kind of the, the three big ones. Um, just TikTok is more than just like kids on it too. Like if you actually look at the statistics, there's a lot of um, older people on there and like older, I mean like over 30, right? But even there's a lot of people like 40s, 50s, 60s on there as well. Um, something that amazed me, this is what I started to look at a lot more was last year, um, the top, um, the most trafficked site on the internet, Google was number two, TikTok was number one. So I'm like, huh, if there's more people on TikTok than Google, and the fact that when we say we're going to go search something, we say, go Google it. Uh, maybe we should start paying attention to that. So, um, but that's a little side note, just because sometimes people we were like, no, my my demographic's not on there. But you, if you go look at the stats, because that you know, if we're if we're trader nerds, we should we should trust the, the science, right? Go look at the stats and see. Um, but it just really depends on like where your target market is and how you want to approach it. So, there's some people that actually use Facebook, and organic reach has gone down, so your your stuff doesn't get shown to as many people. Um, but a lot of people use groups, right? So if you if you want to use groups where you can kind of pull those people in there and use that as a way to communicate, um, because you you want a way to to try to communicate with your people um, on a consistent basis. So like for Facebook, it's great, you know, older demographic on there. A lot of people use groups on there. Uh, Instagram, I feel like Instagram is kind of all all age groups really. Um, again, you can use that on there, but again, now you're you're competing against everything, um, as opposed to where Facebook, you, you can have groups where you can just add, you know, those 100 people, 500 people in there and share your content in there and get a few more people to see that. And Facebook is pushing groups a lot more. Um, or you have you have TikTok, which is, um, I, I feel like it's still in, your, in the, the, the early stages where you can have that like first movers advantage where you can, if you put some time and effort into seeing how it's a little bit different, you can get a lot more eyeballs on it. Um, but figuring out how do you transition that person into becoming a client and stuff like that is again is a little bit different. So it, there's not really like a this is definitely where you want to go. Figure out where your where your target demographic is and kind of I mean what you do well at. Like if you don't do well with videos or talking, yeah. then Facebook is your thing um, because TikTok is very much you know it's video right. Instagram is a lot more videos. Uh, there are some. Um, images and stuff like that, but so also looking at the content you're going to share. Because like, yeah, if you're if you're not if you're not good on camera, um, you just you might not ever be. Sometimes a lot of people you just need practice speaking, but there's some people where you're like you're doing yourself more harm than good by by trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, Scott. Because you're right, go where your target market is, but you also have to be feel proficient in that platform and feel like you can create decent content essentially is what we call it. You want to be able to create good content for that. So if video is not your jam, don't do a video-based platform. Now, before we get into the deep end of this pool, question. When you're advising fitness professionals, do they need to separate their personal and their business accounts? Depends. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, re I'm a realist. So it's really like, what are you able to do, right? So if, I, if I'm like, okay, you need to post, like, let's say they think they have to post 10 times a week. I'm like, okay, what's on a scale of one to 10, just like you would with a client, on a scale of one to 10, how doable is this? Like for you to eat vegetables every day, they're like, eh, it's a two. Okay, um, could you take this multivitamin every day? Scale of one to 10, that's probably an eight. Let's start there, right? So if it's like, I gotta go create a whole another brand and all this stuff, 
And I'm like, how doable is that going to be right now? It, if they say that, it's instant. It's like just just stay on your personal. Whatever you have already, stay there, right? And start to. It, it's more about getting in the habits of actually producing the content, sharing stuff. Then, like, there are advantages, but again, if we think about how we coach our clients, same idea. Like, if you know, if I'm making you do something where it's it's re- you're really going to struggle to do it and make a big change, you know, and you're not probably going to do it. Let's just let's pick the road of least resistance. You make fair points. You make fair points. Because there are a lot of people out there who say you have to separate them. You have to have two, right? I mean, yeah. For me, I think think if you're trying to... So the advantage of being a... If you want to be like a brand where it's... You're not a personal brand. It's not about you. It's about this organization, this business. And you want to be a little bit more faceless. So like an Orange Theory. Right. So the advantage is they have more publicity, they have all this stuff. But the disadvantage and the advantage to just a solopreneur is you have a face. You can be an individual. You can come across um, and you can talk about things that people will actually resonate with. Whereas in Orange Theory, it can't because it's it has to be this thing. Right. It can't be like. Here's a crazy example. Like I like bourbon. I like whiskey. So if I share about whiskey, right, like like I could be, become the person you go to right? To get in shape and also enjoy whiskey. Where Orange Theory is not that. It can never be that, right? So by blending that personal side of things, um, you know, if you're a family, like if you're a bling bling person and you want to drive a Porsche, like like, and you share that that's what you're going to attract. If you're a family person and a, a really close friend of mine, um, Pat Rigsby, like he resonates with people who, ha- who like who family is a big deal. So it's like when you share the personal side of things, you attract the right kind of people to you. So again, advantage, disadvantage of things, right? If you're an orange theory, you have money, you have all this stuff, publicity, but you're also faceless, right? Scott, this is why you're here. That makes so much sense. And I've never heard anybody explain it that way, but you're absolutely right. Um, Of course, you have to be careful what you share, right? There's, you know, there's lines, um, but you're right. Yeah. You put out there, you will attract back, and that's the type of person you're going to bring back. And and you do have that advantage as a solo solopreneur, uh, by like owning your own business. I've never used that term out loud before, by the way. That's, why that's weird. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That that is a good point. Um, and then there's other people that would see the other side of it. But let's talk about social media advertising. So there's the paid and there's the unpaid. Can you tell us about the two and how they're different? And, you know, I mean, that one, one's not going to be better than the other, but what's the benefits of each? I'll, I'll answer it this way. Then you let me know if there's something to kind of go deeper. Here's how I always explain to people, like whether they should kind of the difference between paid and, and organic and whether it's a good decision to move the paid route. So basically it's, do you have more money than time or more time than money? Because with the paid side of things, you can move things a, a, across a lot faster. Um, if you don't have the money to invest in that, then you you're probably you're probably gonna have to invest the time to put out more content. So if I have the money to invest in paid, I don't necessarily have to produce as much content. I don't have to like be doing all those things that take up my time because now I can pay to make sure that this gets in front of this one piece gets in front of more people. So it's for me a lot of times, well, all the time really, it's it's a do you have more time than money or more money than time, depending on your goal. And that will help you kind of make the right decision because I feel like people make the wrong decision on both sides of those sometimes as they they like I should do ads. And it's like, well, you don't really have enough money to like to make it worthwhile. And you're probably gonna give up because it it just doesn't kind of make sense. So that's it's really like it's it's one of those two things. And to think about like from a just a, a general kind of business knowledge, 
like referrals, you can be based on referrals. But like, let's say, let's say Dan's business, Dan has 100, 100 clients and he wants to get to 200 clients in six months. He's going to like run out of referrals because you can only ask for referrals so many times. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of organic marketing is you only have so much reach. So you're going to kind of hit a plateau where it's like, okay, if I want to grow to this level, I'm probably going to have to spend some money on it or I'm going to have to put a lot more time into trying to get in front of like reaching more people looking at, you know, do I use these hashtags or do I use this, you know, this, this song or whatever, like trying to find things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm almost wondering though, like the people that say, well, I want to invest the time in it. And you just answered my question, which was like, what happens when you like tapped out the people, like if you're using your personal page, right. For me, it's like my friends and family, maybe a handful of people I don't know family like the people that are their family they're like why are you posting this i'm not gonna yeah. buy training from you stop right yeah. so at that point either i need to expand my reach or potentially start a business page and only focus on people that are not related to me slash have known me for 20 years kind of thing so yeah. i think that would kind of help you figure out whether you need to branch out either create a different page or branch into more of the paid or a, like you said hashtags what other ways can people expand their reach organically um, so it really depends kind of on the, on the platform, but like, even like for Facebook, a lot of times or in Instagram as well, like putting a location. So if you like tag, like the city that you're in, like you'll get a few people seeing stuff like that. Um, organically that collaboration stuff like that as well. So like, if you're a, if you're a local, if you're a local business owner, um, let's, so the, the city I live in is about 75,000. So not really big. Um, so I want to go find other businesses. So I might find, so my friend who owns a gym in town that I go to, like across, almost across this, almost across the street from a couple of directions, there is a like a grocery store, but it's 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 just just in this town. It's a family owned one. There's a butcher, so like I've been pushing him because he's very he's younger, but very uh, still very old school minded. Like they were paper and pen like five years ago, stuff like that. So like looking at okay, what can I do in there to maybe get them to share something on their Instagram page or their Facebook page. Hey, um, we're going to give away, we're going to do a giveaway, right? We're going to do a giveaway. We're going to give away a one month membership to our gym. Um, and we're getting them to share it because it's from them, right? Sunripe is giving is, is partnered with Ironworks to give away one month, right? So like and tag or follow us, like just stuff like that. So looking at how can I borrow other people's audiences, um, not steal, but like borrow, right? And look at that too, because it's almost like a referral in the in the social media world, right? If someone else is talking about me, right? I have 2,000 followers on my page that I'm going to show this thing too, right? It's like, this is my trusted chip. That makes sense. That's borrow. Another one. I love Damn, leave him alone. <laughs> I love it. I grew up in Minnesota, though, Scott. So when I say certain things... Uh-huh. And my mom has, my, I say mom in Minnesota, uh, my mom has a crazy accent <laughs> at all times. <laughs> well, pe- people were very upset when I moved back um, from Australia and I would talk to people and they were saying, you don't have an accent. I'm like, I tried my hardest the whole time yeah. I was there. Yeah. But I usually give them a hard time because I can actually teach you how to speak Australian. Um, and my clients back then, they would laugh. Right, you just plug your nose and you say goodnight, right? And you tell them sound strong. <laughs> I'm going to use that. One of my college athletes is from Australia. And I always tell him, I'm like, Tom, come over here. Tell me a story. Just, oh, just tell yeah. me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's time. Another ISSA rapid review. 
Mike had this to say about the ISSA Senior Fitness Certification. The course challenged me to think through how I would help clients with various conditions. That's great. We're glad you enjoyed the course, Mike. So, Scott, you know, again, like Jenny said at the very beginning, you're known as the go-to guy. So I'm going to assume you've helped a lot of people. And can, can you share with us a story, with or without names, you know, being respectful here, of somebody that came to you and said, hey, Scott, you know, I really need some help here. Uh, that you were able to, to take, you know, those years of experience and learning things, uh, you know, the hard way and the easy way and help them grow their business. Do you have a success story that you could share? Yeah, I got a few. Um, so it's really, uh, I guess I'll maybe tie into a story that will probably give a lesson as well. Um, so, I mean, we, I started with social media marketing and then we also do like text and emails. We do all the kind of other, other sort of things. So looking at, okay, what's the, almost looking at it backwards, not just being like, okay, here's, here's what, like, here's what I want to do. It's, it's like, I want more members for my gym. It's like, okay, what's the best way to go about this? So I'll, I'll use this example. This was a gym in San Diego. So from a paid perspective, uh, anytime you run Facebook or Instagram ads, uh, you're, you're guaranteed that if you're in California, your ad cost is going to be higher. It's I, I everyone I talk to in outside industries, same thing too. Like it's always in the same kind of New York City. There's a few demographics, but California is always expensive. So this person came to me, um, and they like a cheeky gym slash student. How can we grow my membership base? Uh, so we looked at um, okay, what's what's a good offer to kind of bring people in, and kind of what will suit your capability to actually bring people in. Um, and actually get them to convert. Because sometimes like you can get a bunch of leads, but if you're unable to actually have a quick conversation with them, get them to come in and try you fast enough, um, we all know that that people's motivation uh, can last uh, minutes, not even days sometimes. So like figuring that out. And then what we did, we looked at, he came to me for ads. And, and I said, well, you know, you actually have a database. You've been around for a while. You have a database of, I think it was about four or 5,000, somewhere between there. I said, well, we could spend money on ads or we could we could actually just text all those people and try to get them back in. Because you spent a lot of time, money, and effort into building up this list of people. And I bet you there's a bunch of people that would want to come back in. Let's start there and see what happens. So we, we did that. Um, and we also added in, um, I said, why don't you ask everybody that, that, that takes you up on this or is interested if they want to bring a friend too, they want to bring a buddy in with them. Uh, because that fit that fit their model and their ability to do that. So within so zero ad spend within the first 30 days, uh, he brought in like $8,000 in, in new membership just for that month. So recurring in over 12 months, that's 90 something, I think, thousand in kind of memberships. And that was zero. Like, so he came to me, so let's run ads. And I said, why don't we start here? We never actually ran ads. Uh, we ended up just kind of doing uh, text marketing and stuff like that for him. Um, so it's, it's finding out like finding out what fits your business because not just because just because something works for somebody else and I, and I see that a lot in 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 especially like running ads people are like well this person's running this ad I'm like cool I'm like I'll, I'll, if someone's running ad all that means is they have a credit card with money on it it doesn't mean that it's, <laughs> it's actually working or not um, so a lot of times we try to copy and paste what other people are doing successfully without again doing an assessment of kind of what that business actually needs kind of same thing with with our clients is like we need to assess like what what's going to work for them because this thing 
could have worked really well. And I've seen it a bunch of times. Worked really well for this gym, and it worked like crap for this gym. So it's it's looking at all the components and see kind of what what's the what's the smart play. Yeah, I can tell you we're a good trainer, Scott. Because when people come to you and they're like, "I want to run ads," you're like, "Hang on a second. It's like when that person mm-hmm. comes and like, "I want to count macros." Hey, let's go. And you're like, "Hang on. Let's start with calories." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's setting expectations, right? So like a client comes in and they say like, "All right, cool. Like, so what's your goal?" They're like, "Oh, it's fifty pounds." I'm like, okay, uh, like how long? Like how long do you think it's gonna take? Well, you, you're promoting a 28 day program, so like it's kind of hoping in that 28 days. Okay, well, so now that you know that that's ne- that's never gonna happen. Um, but you know that goal. Here's here's what we can expect. Like that's probably like you know it's probably a nine to 12 month goal. And so let's let's set you up to start with. But I want to make sure if you're coming in to do a trial or do this program that's that's nowhere near the amount of time you need to fix your problem. I want to make sure I set the right expectations right now so that now. From day one, you're not like thinking, okay, at 28 days, I should be at this point or whatever. You're setting expectations of here's how we're going to hit your goal. So it's the same thing with, I was able to, it took me a while, I was dumb to kind of bring that into my business as well, being like, oh, shoot, like I need to set better expectations for people because sometimes they think, well, I heard I heard Facebook ads, like I could get a thousand clients. Um, you're like, well, not necessarily. And also probably a, a good reminder is like, Coming into December, we're in December, coming into December now, and then January as well. A lot of people think, okay, January, I'm going to completely like transform my business. I'm going to get so many people in there. So the reality is what most people, most businesses I talk to and I work with, February is typically a better month than January. Yeah. This is my, my gut tells me, this is what I think for being in the industry so long is because a gym membership or a personal trainer and nutrition program that smells and looks like work. Come January, everybody's marketing everything with like fat loss, get fit, right? So people are going to try the potion, the detox, the wrap, the supplements. They're going to try the easy thing first. So when you're trying to market your stuff in January and it doesn't work as well as you think, it's not necessarily maybe that your marketing is bad. It's just like it's people want the quick fix. We all want the quick fix. I talk to owners all the time. They're just like, yeah, like if we could, you know, you give me like 50 clients in the next 30 days, that'd be awesome. I'm like, that would be awesome. But, <laughs> right? So just thinking through like that. Um, and one thing we do that could be helpful probably for some people is we look at December, like, yes, it slows down, but how can I market to people now yeah. for January? Because no one is actually like most people are like ah December like once Thanksgiving hits like no one wants to train. It's like cool. How can you get people in now to make their commitment? So hey, let's use that again. There's like two sides of everything. So yeah, December like my budget's tight and I don't have as much time. I totally get it, right? I totally get it. So what we do here is we you can come and train for us all of December for a donation. We're actually sponsoring families or we're going to sponsor a group home or something like that. You donate something, you can train with us a whole month. But the, the thing is, the, the catch is you just have to commit to doing our thing in the New Year's or joining on January 1st or whatever. Because how many times have you said you're going to start a New Year's program the first week in January, January 1st, but then you're a little bit busy. And then the next week, the kids have to go back to school. And then all of a sudden, it's February. And you're like, oh, my gosh. So the reason why we do this is, one, so you can at least start to get in, start to kind of get, get in the habit and also and to undo some of the extra celebrating you're going to do throughout this holiday period. But also now I can hold you accountable to getting started in January. Unlike those other years where it took you to February. 
So not only can we help some people with a donation, you can also kind of get used to getting to the gym. And then also I'm going to make sure I'm going to hold you accountable now, right? It's not going to be on you again. It's on me now. Does that sound good? Perfect. Let's get you started. Holy uh, Scott just That's gave everybody a golden nugget just now. Genius. That money right there. <laughs> that was genius. Yes. And and uh, you never mentioned sales, Scott. You said no. geek or, or nerd and training nerd on social media, but somewhere in there you did some selling, brother. And if you did, yeah. you certainly could <laughs> have. <laughs> well, I, I, I was I was the typical I was the typical trainer who thought sales was was bad and it was evil, and I was a car salesman and stuff like that, and. When I started getting into marketing, that's when I realized like marketing and sales are just, you're just trying to help somebody. Yeah. You're trying to see, like, can I help you or not? And like, as long as you don't go in with it as I have to sell this person, mm-hmm. then it's like, it changes everything. It was, a, it was a real shift to me. And I was like, God, I'm like, I was an idiot when I thought sales was bad. And I'm like, I can help this person, right? Or I yes. can just, or I can not. Like if, if I'm like, wow, this person thinks they can lose hundred pounds in, in, in 90 days, I'm not the right person for them. And unfortunately I can't change their mind, but you know what? At least I tried. Yeah, I love that. And I agree. Yeah, we have to understand that we have something. We have something that can legitimately help somebody, and you have to be able to explain to them how, based on what they're telling you. Right? It can't be the same sales yeah. pitch every time. It has to like be customized to what they are looking for and what they need. But if you truly believe that, and you go in knowing that I have what you need, and this is how it's going to work yeah. for you, it's it's not sales at that point. It's just well, helping somebody, like you said. And it's it's looking at so, and I don't know who someone made this up. They call it prescriptive selling. And it's, I don't know who it was. It was in marketing somewhere, right? So like looking at it like a doctor, right? Like that person comes in, you're the expert, you ask the questions and then you basically give them a diagnosis of what you think, like, here's what you need to do to get to your result, right? Like, and, and approach it that way, because that's how most fitness people think, like we're trying to figure out the plan for them. So just ask the right questions. And if it's not the right fit, that's okay. But like prescribe to them what, like, again, that person wants to lose hundred pounds. Hey, I want you to know ahead of time, this is a 12 to 18 month goal, right? And like, that's what it's going to take. And if they're just like, ah, nah, I, I wanted that faster. You're like, you're going to gain it all back. And I just want to be honest with you. Like, I, I, I want to help you out. So kind of, you know, doing it like that. And something that actually I just heard recently where I was like, wow, this is a good one. I use it with all my clients now, um, but it's a, it was a good mindset shift is like people are like, oh, they're a tire kicker. Something you said, Dan, kind of triggered this. They're a tire kicker. They, you know, they, they say they don't have money. If someone walks in with an iPhone, they can afford your <laughs> membership, right? Because what's an iPhone cost? Like $1,200, $1,500, $1,800, right? Yeah. So if someone walks in with an iPhone and they say they don't have the money, they don't maybe necessarily not have the money. You just weren't able to actually sell them on the fact of how important their health and fitness is yeah, compared exactly. to how you know, someone was able to sell the iPhones. Absolutely. Fair point. Even if you're paying monthly installments, I bet it's about 40, 50 bucks a month. That's more than a gym membership in some places. Exactly. (laughs) Fair enough. So you've given us so many little things that people can think about and all really great things, Scott. Is there anything else that you would say to somebody who who comes up, kicks in your door and says, hey, I need your help. Like, or I want to start marketing my fitness business. Like any other tidbits or pieces of advice that you give to somebody who's ready to take that leap and start marketing themselves in social media? Can I say two things? Sure. Um, so I would say the, the first one is, is like when you have a plan is, is reverse engineer, work backwards yes. as opposed to frontwards. A lot of us work frontwards and they think I need this, this many people, da, da, da. but work backwards. Like, okay, if you need, because a lot of people don't have their numbers. So if you're like, okay, I, I want to get 20 people the next month. Okay. 20 people. So what happens before that? 
Okay, I need to sit down and talk to somebody. Okay, perfect. So when you sit down and talk with somebody about a membership, what percentage of people do you actually do actually actually become a member? Is it 50%? Is it 75? Is it 30? A lot of times people are like, I don't know. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah. so now if you start to figure out your numbers, it's going to make everything easier. But you're like, okay, 50%. Okay, so 20. So you need you need 40 to sit down with 40 people. Okay. How many people that like contact you or like how many leads does it take to get 40? appointments. I don't know. Right. So it makes marketing so much easier when you kind of have a rough idea of those numbers, because then you can reverse engineer, right? Kind of same thing. Same thing when you work with your clients, right? If someone wants yeah. to lose weight, we typically have to reverse engineer and not say, well, you know what? Let's start with, let's start with giving you some more protein and see what happens there. We'll <laughs> see what you lose in a month. Right. So it's like kind of taking that same approach, reverse engineering it. And that will make, uh, Marketing not as scary, especially if you start to spend money on ads. That's why it's so scary. You're like, ad didn't work. And I always use the analogy, like, how long did you try ads for? Like, I tried it for a week. Okay, that's the equivalent of, of your client saying, like, well, I tried eating healthy for a week, but I didn't, I only lost a couple of pounds. Like, yeah, that was a win. Like, I thought it was like 20. That sucks. Right. So <laughs> I like analogy. So that that's one thing. The other thing is as far as just like, and that would be a little maybe higher level kind of person, a more beginner person is when you're looking to share stuff, um, so many people share so many things, uh, is I always say, like, try to figure out, you want to put like uh, like bumper bowl, like, you know, when you go bowling and they got the bumper rails on there, so you have to stay in between the lines. Oh, it's yeah. how can we set those up for your social media? So what are like the, what are the five things, the five topics you want to be known about or you want people to know about you? And make sure at least one or two of them is not fitness, nutrition, like it's not about what you do. So that that way you can remember I talked about earlier about yeah. being like a face, not being faceless. What are those things you want to talk about? What do you want to be known about? And and start thinking, okay, I'm going to create all my content based around this. So let's say it's um, I want to be known for like fat loss for 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 dads, right? So like one of my things is going to be I'm going to talk about nutrition, right? But I'm going to do everything I thought about nutrition is like, hey, most dad, like most guys aren't good in the kitchen, right? We need fasting. So like everything I talk about is going to be like fast, easy meals, um, exercise, right? Dad's typically out of shape, probably lacking some, some mobility from their earlier years. So when I talk about the exercise component, I want to keep it in that frame of like, let's talk about these things that relate to that. The third thing, I want to share stuff about like what I'm doing with my son or my daughter, or my kids, my family, right? That's another thing there. Another thing is sharing like me, like me drinking whiskey or whatever, right? Like talking about whiskey, right? And then the, the a fifth one. I can't even think of a fifth one on top of my head, but see how that all ties within yeah. talking about to a specific person and the stuff kind of resonates with them as opposed to like, I'm just going to talk about everything. Right? Yeah. I'm just going to talk about, or I'm just going to only talk about fitness, right? Health and fit. I'm just going to talk about like exercise and eating right and show you my, like the meals I eat and stuff like that. And it just kind of, you become very much the same as everybody else. You, yeah. you kind of can't stand out. So that's a way to kind of stand out because most people don't need a ton of clients. Like you don't need thousands of clients. Yeah. You probably need to like get a, a, like, you know, dozens of new clients and that will really help your business. So that will help you kind of create content that will make you stand out and differentiate yourself a little bit more from that, from that average person. I love that. That's a great idea. Something non-fitness related. It's yours is whiskey, right? You enjoy a good whiskey. It's, I do, I don't share about, I don't share about that, but it's, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, it's something that is kind of unique to me and people that know me would know that sort of stuff. Like, so one thing, and here's where I was like, man, people pay more attention than you think. So when I, 
pre-COVID when I was flying around and talking a lot, like right before I moved from Australia back to Canada, the last three years I lived in Australia, I did the trip to the US 21 times. So literally like every other month I was on a plane coming back wow. and forth. And I have, so one thing people know about me is I'm very good at getting a seat with no one beside me on planes. <laughs> I would say probably 80% of my, my flights. And it, people were like, you're full of crap. There's no way. I'd even do videos and stuff. So I would take a, a selfie in with a seat beside me like this. <laughs> and I would get people commenting. People would actually share posts. on. They're like, hey, I got a Rothlift flight. Or I would see people at a conference. And I remember this one lady just goes, hey, you're the guy. And I'm like... <laughs> I am. I have no idea who you are, but people would start to like actually recognize, like, because you share the same thing over again. So they start to recognize and just it was kind of something that just kind of inadvertently happened because it was like, oh my God, like that's how I felt when I had the seat. It's like, oh my God, I got the seat by myself. And then I started to, the few little things I would do to, to try to get those seats. And then people were just like, like instantly. Um, and funny thing, because um, I'm a family person now, um, funny thing is the first, the first trip we took uh, on a plane. We took a selfie, me and my girlfriend and my son. And my son, like it was literally the first picture. He's like this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I was like, that is, I was like, that is perfect. That is perfect. So just kind of you, you just never know what people are paying attention to. But like again, if you use the same message over and over again, people are paying more attention than probably what you think. They love it. I love it. Dan, what would you post? What's your non-fitness related thing that you would want people to know about you? Gosh, I I Probably just say being outdoors. And that is what I tend to post. So I'll post pictures of me digging a hole out here or my garden or riding my dirt bike. Just anything outside, backpacking. Nice. And, and you can just see how someone that like enjoys being outside, they're like, hey, I want to get in shape. I probably want to spend, because I'm going to spend an hour, two, three, four hours a week with this, this person. I want to, I want to be with, I want to spend that time with someone that I kind of, that I would want to be around. Right. Yeah. Like not someone that's like, you're going to ask me like how many grams of chicken I ate today. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, thank you. Right. So, they, so it just resonates where people are like, Oh my God, that's my guy. Like he, or it's like, again, like I think we've all had clients. I, I know I did where like, they love the fact that you did something unhealthy or you do drank or you did something yeah. right that you're not supposed to. Right. So sharing that, Think about people that don't know you really, really well. They're like, oh my gosh. So like you're normal. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they'll let me do these things. Okay, you're not like, because again, a lot of people have a stigma of like what a trainer is. Like, we're like, we're crazy people that enjoy the gym. Most people don't, right? Yeah. Um, so if we can be more human and then they're like, oh, I resonate with that person, like if that's if they have to pick somebody, like if I'm gonna spend time with someone, I'm gonna spend with the guy that's outside all the time. Yeah. You know, Scott, funny you mention that. Just a quick little uh, story. When I was training folks back in California, that was one of the first things that I shared is I love chocolate. I love sweets and I eat it. And I, and you're going to catch me. I came from a small town like you, about the same population. So if I was in the shopping, the supermarket buying goodies, odds were somebody was going to see me with them um, that knew me. And so I just put it out there to this day, my social media friends who were my clients will either A, send me sweets in the yep. holidays, or B, make comments on my posts about chocolate, about candy, just keeping it real, just keeping it yep. real. Yeah, yep. I did yep. that too. When I worked at Orange Theory, I, everybody knew I love candy corn. Dan knows I love candy corn. I know you I, do. I, you know, I like it. I love 
candy corn. And so to this day, I still have people sending me candy corn posts, candy corn comics, candy corn pictures, like songs, all kinds of stuff every year. And when I worked at Orange Theory, Scott, at one point I had 16 pounds of candy corn in my pantry. <laughs> Almost every Ooh, day. Somebody brought that's me better than Bitcoin, man. Jeez. Oh yeah. They thought they were trying to bribe me. I was like, cool, get back in here. <laughs> People get on the truck. And, and you love you love candy corn. So like if you're gonna train with somebody, like you're like, so that person will probably let me eat candy corn. That's who I'm gonna go work with. I will encourage you to eat candy corn. <laughs> I've watched her eat candy corn. <laughs> and then, and if you don't know this, Scott, and I think I'm the, the listeners out there who've been tuning in. Denny's a what, 20, coming up on 30 competitions, uh, bodybuilding competitor. Yeah. And I mean, she's ripped. And so we were on a call <laughs> and she was just popping out of her shirt and veins, you know, uh, popping out of her arms, eating candy corns. I'm like, shit, all I got to do is eat candy corns. I can look like her. <laughs> There's a perfect way to market. You're like, hey, how to get ripped and eat candy corn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, Scott, where can our listeners find you if they're interested in like chatting with you, connecting with you on social media, or even getting some help from you? Yep. Yeah, um, so they can go on, just find me on Facebook. Uh, so Scott Rockliffe, just look me up. Uh, luckily, there's not many of us. I'm a, a, a different last name. It's raw, like is in raw vegetables. Cliff is a little mountain, but with an E on the end. Um, so you can find me on on Facebook or, or Instagram there. Um, or you can go to my site, scottrockliffe.com. Um, if, if anyone wants it, I, I put together a little um, sheet if anyone wants it. They just go to scottsfreegift.com forward slash ISSA. Uh, if they go there, I put together a little, basically a bunch of like my kind of best marketing like posts and stuff like that, ads and stuff like that. So if they want to grab a copy of that, they totally can. But I mean, yeah, if they want to just hit me up on, on Facebook or Instagram, follow me there, send me a message. Um, don't get upset if I don't if I don't respond straight away on Messenger because I, I somehow hit the algorithm of everyone's like, hey, just drop it in your DM. Uh, do you want me to get you a thousand appointments or do you want me to do this for like? I get a lot of those cold um, messages in Facebook, so I'm probably a little bit easier to get a hold of on Instagram. I haven't hit that algorithm yet. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you for offering that free information for our our listeners as well. Everybody loves a good freebie, but um, I love. My biggest takeaway from today is that I love that you have a different perspective on social media. It's not a bad thing, right? And it doesn't have to be shameless self-promotion. There is a way to use this power for good. Um, and you just have to understand it. And you can't just dive into it and say, I'm going to throw some money at it or throw a bunch of time at it. You have to have like a plan. And I love that. And thank you for sharing this with us, Scott. Yep. It's the same as like a workout, right? You're just like, I'm just going to do some stuff at the gym. Cool. Yeah. We, just, we know the result you're going to get, right? I'm going to throw some stuff on social. You're going to get the same result. Yep, I love it. Absolutely. Dan, any last words or takeaways today? Yeah, Jenny, I have a two. I have two. First, I really love what Scott said when we were talking about organic or paid advertising. Um, do you have more time than money or money than time? Mm -hmm. That is brilliant. So uh, folks, file that one away. That's going to be in my uh, filing cabinet that that I can you know call on and give credit to Scott for. I really like that. And the other, I'm going to steal one of Jenny's sayings is just be you boo be you boo and and that is you know if you if you like candy corns don't be like no you can't eat candy corns you know that doesn't align with the macros be you uh people it does it's carbohydrate people <laughs> they buy people uh clients pay for a person not a program yeah. so make sure that you're real be you boo 
I love it. Do you, boo boo? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you again, Scott, for joining us. It's been an awesome conversation. So much to share. And we hopefully will have you back. I'm sure you got more I'd to love share. To. Yep. I love it. Thank you for having me on, guys. Absolutely. And Dan, it's been a blast. Always a guest. Yes. Especially back when we get to talk about candy corn. Back in the saddle. Yeehaw. I know. And don't forget to bundle up before you walk back to the house. <laughs> and to our listeners out there, thank you guys for joining us. We hope you guys learned a lot. Go back. We listen to this. There's a lot of great little nuggets of information. Scott gave us a huge nugget, a really good, like that one was a money little nugget in there in the middle. So go back and re-listen. But we appreciate you guys listening. And as always, we implore you to go out into the world, be fruitful, and make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.